The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the psychology of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, spoiler alert, we will be discussing a lot of aspects of the show, so if you're not caught up, don't put us on the most wanted list. (laughs) So, when I first heard about this show, I was immediately put off. If I'm honest, I thought the show was not going to be that great. I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong, and it's a very good show. It has rich social reflection and a comfortably diverse cast and although my immediate take was very indifferent it's actually a very toy show we smashed through five seasons really quick didn't we (laughs) we really did i mean this leads me to my first question what is it about some folks like me when we tend to dismiss things whether it be tv shows music or what be it without giving them a fair objective look That's a great question, Dustin. I think that many of us might have an assumption, right? And I'm certainly uh, a part of that as well, where sometimes we might assume that um, a certain show is going to be on a particular topic or a certain person is going to be someone that we're not going to get along with based on maybe a small fact that we might have known from the past. Also, I think sometimes we might not give something a chance because we might either have a completely full schedule or be extremely stressed. And I think that when we as human beings actually allow ourselves to open our minds to new experiences, we might actually find some things that we really love and enjoy. It's kind of similar to the kind of people that might only enjoy certain types of restaurants and might surprise themselves, pleasantly surprise themselves when they try a new kind of food. So in my case, for example, I've heard a lot of really amazing things about the show and a lot of my patients highly, highly recommended it. It's something I didn't quite have time for before, but I'm really glad that you and I were able to make time for the show and and, and sit down and watch it. And for me, what the show does really, really well is represent the, the very kind of diversity, the very kind of humor, but also the very kind of family that I think many of us are looking for and striving for in mm. in a show like this. Yeah. After we started seeing it and I, I started talking to other people about it, I've heard from multiple people that this show is their go-to when they're feeling a little down or had a rough day. What do you think it is about this show that can increase an individual's well-being? I think the show kind of creates an effect of almost like a foster family, right? In psychology, we talk about this concept of parasocial relationship, which means that we might be creating a relationship with a fictional character. 
And in watching the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we see a group of people that are almost like a family, right? They all have each other's back. And when one of them is having a rough time or when one of them's in trouble, they all get together and they try to help that person. And I think that many of us really miss that in our own lives, especially if we don't feel as if we have enough support going on or if we don't feel like things are hopeful in our own life, then sometimes even watching a TV show like this can cheer us up, sure, through its humor, but also even more importantly, can allow us to see that there's beauty in the world, that there are very human, very loving connections, and that this kind of support is possible. Yeah, that's right. There is so much support in this show, and you can't help but feel like, man, I, I want to be a part of that group too, you know? I want to have that kind of support if I'm having a bad day or something's going down and someone has my back. So as I mentioned earlier, this show is very rich with social undertones, some episodes more than others. One episode in particular deals with racism, specifically racial profiling. Terry Crews plays Sergeant Terry Jeffords on the show, and in this episode, he is searching in his own neighborhood for his daughter's blanket, Moo Moo. The moment he finds it, a white police officer confronts him about his motives in his own neighborhood and aggressively puts him in handcuffs without an explanation. Moo Moo? Moo Moo! What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, oh, don't move. Oh, I was just... Step back, keep your hands where I can see them. Drop that. What are you doing in the same buddy? I live here. Listen. Whoa, you need to lower your voice. Lower my voice? No, put your hands on your head. Turn around. Don't make any sudden movements. I didn't do anything. Also, I'm... Keep talking. See what happens next. Huh? Big guy. What are your thoughts on such an emotionally gripping episode that confronts real-life issues that we're seeing on even today's news? I have to tell you, I was surprised at that episode very pleasantly surprised in terms of how well it portrayed real life you know it it portrayed the kind of things that i think some people might be uncomfortable talking about one of the reasons why i do what i do the reason why i do what's called superhero therapy is because i believe that many of us have a difficult time talking about real life situations or our emotions um, about real life events but we can talk about some of these events through our connection with pop culture and when we see uh, something on on social media for example it might be difficult and maybe uh, emotionally ridden to talk about what's going on to certain individuals especially the way that many african-american uh, individuals men especially are being treated by law enforcement agents i can see how politically unfortunately and and racially this country is becoming quite divided which is very sad but then when we see an episode like it on a major television show it gives this issue so much more visibility it's as if the writers and the the creators of the show are using this platform to talk about these very important issues so that we as viewers are then able to talk about them too and i was extremely grateful for this episode and many others because it brings to light these very painful topics and it was extremely helpful for you and i to actually watch this episode with our son because yeah. we were able to have a conversation with him about this kind of racial profiling and prejudice that unfortunately yeah. exists to this day. 
I mean, even in the episode, Jake and Amy are babysitting Terry's kids, and they asked, you know, they're asking him pretty difficult questions. Is being black bad? We're black. Are we getting in trouble like Daddy? Jake, can I talk to you for a second? Yes, please. We have a problem. I know. What kind of kids don't want to eat cake? Should we call child services on Terry? Jake, I think we have to face the music and talk to them for real. I know. You're right. But I'm gonna munch the cake batter while we do it. If you don't eat the raw egg fast, it makes you even more sick. Never mind, let's okay. go. Okay, girls. There's something called prejudice, which comes from the Latin words pre, or before, and judicium, which means to judge. Are you with me so far? No. No. Okay. Um, you know how it's tougher in this world to be a woman? It is? No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Then I don't want to be a woman. Me neither. You don't have to be if that's who you are. You know what? That's a whole other conversation. Uh, okay, here we go. A cop did a bad thing and tried to get your daddy in trouble, but your daddy didn't do anything wrong. Because daddy's black? Yeah. That's scary. It is scary. But that cop was wrong, and what he did was bad. And the most important thing is your daddy's okay, and he's not in trouble, and he loves you both more than anything in the world. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> well, if you guys have any other questions, we're here for you. What's your orgasm? Come on! And these things have been around forever. It's just a little bit more coming out in the open now because of our current climate. Right, right. And you're right. These kind of things have been around for a very long time. And it's so important to have shows like this that are reminding us that this is something that exists. I mean, you and I are white and we are privileged. And I think in a lot of ways, these are the kind of things that we're unlikely to face. But there's so many people out there that face these things on a regular basis. A number of my clients who are African-American... Uh, talked to me about numerous occasions where they were held up by a police officer for no reason at all just somebody asking to see their identification and their driver's license not because they were speeding because they weren't not because they went through a, a red light because they didn't but just because and the only explanation is because they're black i think we need more episodes like this across multiple television shows because this is an issue that um, has not gone away and this is an issue that we all as a society need to be aware of and talk about the what really struck me about this episode is that when terry went to talk to the police officer who arrested him the officer apologized to him for not knowing that Terry was a cop. He basically said, well, if I had known you were a cop, I wouldn't have done it. And Terry says, that's that's not the point. Officer Maldai, thanks for coming. Hey, I'm really glad you set this up. I'm so sorry for what happened. Oh, wow. I am really happy to hear that. I was thinking this conversation was going to go a lot differently. No, no, no. It was an honest mistake. I mean, if I'd known you were a cop, I never would have treated you that way. So, you're sorry for not knowing I was a cop sooner? Yeah. And that's it? Yeah. But you shouldn't have treated me that way, whether I was a cop or not. What do you mean? I was just walking down the street. There's nothing suspicious or illegal about that. Okay, but you and I both know that you don't exactly look like you belong in that neighborhood. I live there. Look, nine out of ten times they get called to that neighborhood, it's about a guy that looks like you. Were you responding to a call? No, you're missing the point. No, you're missing the point. I just want you to admit you 
only stop me because I'm black and to apologize and to say you won't do it again. Hey, look, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if you had your badge on you. Next time, don't forget it. Oh, so this is all my fault? I'm not apologizing for doing my job. That's not the job, man. The job of a policeman is not to profile, it's to arrest bad guys. And Terry was just walking around in his neighborhood. He didn't do anything wrong. And by submitting the complaint, Terry actually stood up not only for himself, but for many other African-American or other minority individuals that that cop might otherwise um, unfairly profile. What really touched me in that episode, too, is Terry's origin story. Terry recalls a time when he was a little kid and he was being picked on and bullied and all he ever wanted to do was be a superhero. He was wearing a superhero cape and it was actually a black police officer that protected him from the bullies and it was at that moment that Terry realized he wanted to become a cop and be a superhero of his own to protect other people. And it broke me when Terry said that he didn't feel like a superhero when he got arrested. And it was empowering to see the way he got his superpowers back, basically, by doing the right thing, by filing the complaint, by ensuring that this individual did not engage in this kind of despicable behavior again. You know why I became a cop? Please share. Because when I was a kid... I always wanted to be a superhero. Stop it! Stop bothering little Terry! Or what? Or I will defeat you! Whoa! I wanted to help people like that cop helped me. But right now, I don't feel like a superhero. I feel the opposite. When I got stopped the other day, I wasn't a cop. I wasn't a guy who lived in a neighborhood looking for his daughter's toy. I was a black man. A dangerous black man. That's all he could see. A threat. And I couldn't stop thinking about my daughters. And their future. And how years from now, they could be walking down the street looking for their kid's moo and get stopped by a bad cop. And they probably won't get to play the police card to get out of trouble. I don't like that thought. And I'm going to do something about it. So I don't care if it might hurt my career. I'm filing that report. Even if I have to go over your head to do it. I think you're absolutely right that seeing shows like this is so important. You see a reflection. Like people who might have a little bit more of a lean towards being a racist person might see a show like this and say, whoa. They might make a, a, a different kind of a connection with it that they never saw before because one of their beloved characters on the show experienced it. Absolutely. And I think psychologically speaking, when we're able to see a reflection of another person's story through fiction, we might actually become more compassionate toward not only that fictional character, but also toward other people in real life and have a better understanding of what might be happening. This show explores a lot of diversity topics like sexism, racism, and there are a lot of strong women on this show. 
Rosa is just a plain badass, and Amy is more than just the captain's little protege. There's an episode where Amy is chasing down this criminal while she's wearing a wedding dress. I mean, it's super badass. I mean, she's sliding over car hoods, <laughs> somersaulting over trash cans, and tackles this dude in a wedding dress like a boss. It's amazing. <laughs> what kind of message does this send to girls when they show this kind of gender equality and this kind of strong character on the screen? I love that episode, by the way. That made me tear up. I think that we need more shows like this. I keep saying that over and over. But the truth is, unfortunately, there have been historically a lot of movies and TV shows where girls are depicted as damsels in distress, right? And guys are the heroes, basically. And what I love about the show is that that you can swap out pretty much any character with another character and their gender doesn't really matter. The show would be exactly the same. I think that for girls and boys and gender-neutral individuals, watching this show can be extremely empowering and seeing that gender doesn't really matter in the kind of profession that you can have. That if you want to be a detective or a police officer that... You can be a man or a woman, and um, you can also be gay or straight or bi, and you can be anyone that you want to be. I think that the show is diverse in terms of there are two Latina actresses, there are two African-American actors, and one of the African-American characters is homosexual man, and one of the latina actors is bisexual and i think it's it's extremely empowering for viewers of all backgrounds of all orientations and i think that the message it sends is that you can be anyone we know through social learning theory that we learn by observation and if people are learning anything by watching this show is that you can wear a dress and kick some serious ass as well yeah no <laughs> doubt you you were talking about captain holt a little bit and he often refers to his struggles and the struggles that he faced being a black homosexual man on a police force but on the show and with the, his colleagues everyone's attitudes toward him specifically andy sandberg's character jake peralta treat him as I think everybody should treat everyone like the preferences they make and the, and the the desires they have are not a big deal at all I gotta hand it to you captain that was some ceremony it wasn't difficult I simply said what I wish had been said when Kevin and I got married oh, well, then I never would have heard your hilarious efficient efficient quip mm, you're right I regret nothing but all this does make me think I might enjoy a more festive expression of our commitment to one another Are you suggesting we hold an honest-to-goodness wedding? Nothing too elaborate. We're not the Kardashian Wests, after all. They are a musician and a celebrity personality who recently wedded. Yes, yes, I know. They were answers on Jeopardy. I think you mean questions. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are fun. Like you were saying about observations, can progressive narratives like this help those in society who have issues with this subject? Absolutely. I think in learning about characters uh, of these kinds of backgrounds can allow viewers to have a better understanding where other people might be coming from. In seeing somebody in a position of power who is a gay black man, I think can allow people to both be more open to the idea of this 
being perfectly fine and also to to model uh, this kind of acceptance that we're seeing from the 99th precinct every single person in the precinct appears to be supportive and accepting and both when captain holt arrives at the precinct and also when diaz comes out everyone seems to be respectful and supportive we also see multiple examples of jake and other characters being extremely supportive of women's rights for example and lgbt rights um there was one episode where a perpetrator that jake was interrogating was actually making some sexist remarks and talking about uh women's body parts and and being quite uh lewd lewd yeah and inappropriate in his comments and jake actually did not high five him uh jake did not laugh at his jokes and made it very clear that what the man was saying was not appropriate and so i really love the modeling of correct behavior and appropriate (laughs) behavior and the separation from toxic masculinity you know, even before Jake and Amy's wedding, the bachelor and bachelorette parties are completely tasteful in terms of they don't involve sexualizing people or objectifying right. people. They involve just people hanging out. Steaks and drinking. That's right. <laughs> um, and having a good time. And it, we're seeing people having each other's backs we're seeing people supporting each other and that's what we ultimately need i think that's what most of us need is the sense of belonging the sense of connection and the understanding that if something goes wrong there is someone to support us no matter what it means right and just the utter loveliness of being accepted for who you are and what you have and the choices you make it's a beautiful thing it really is Hey, was that weird earlier? You mean when Charles showed us those pictures of Nikolaj taking a very sudsless bath? Yes, it was uncomfortable. No, I mean when I told everyone I was by. Was it too touchy-feely? Rosa, no, it was great. And don't worry, just because you opened up a little bit doesn't mean everyone's going to be less afraid of you. We're all still terrified. Thanks, Jake. So how'd your parents take it? Uh, I haven't told them yet. Really? I mean, of course you don't have to, but I just thought you guys were getting closer since prison. No, I mean, we are. It's just, I don't know how I would say something like that, especially to my dad. He's super traditional. I'm afraid this would just mess everything up. We've been having so much fun lately. I don't want to lose that. Okay, maybe just be honest with them, right? Tell them how you feel. Like, you could say, Mom, Dad, I'm bisexual, but I'm still your daughter. I'm still the same person that I've always been, and who I love will never change that. You guys raised me to be strong and confident, and I don't want to hide who I am anymore. I am bi. Damn. And I know this may come as a shock to you, but it's my truth. So I hope you can accept that. Maybe you still see me as your little girl, but I'm a woman now. And I know my own heart. You done? Yeah. Wow, that felt amazing. I really disappeared into it. Should I become an actor? Absolutely not. Copy that. All right, good luck. Thanks. So since we're on the topic of Captain Holt, there are some viewers that believe he might be on the spectrum. What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. Um, I've been asked that before, and I have a number of autistic clients who highly identify with Captain Holt and look up to him for that reason. Obviously, without assessing Captain Holt, without interviewing him and and providing adequate assessments, I cannot formally diagnose him in my profession. But 
it does seem like there are certain aspects of it that he presents with, right? Like it's hard for him to understand sarcasm and humor. Mm-hmm. However, that could be indicative of any number of difficulties. But what I love is that that doesn't really get in the way. He's not punished for being different. Everyone loves and accepts him for who he is. Sure, sometimes they kind of teasingly uh, and lovingly. The marshmallow scene. <laughs> yes, the marshmallow <laughs> scene. They, uh, sometimes some of the other characters poke light fun of him, but no one is rude and no one's disrespectful. No one yells at him and no one humiliates him for it. And that's what I love about the show is that everyone's unique qualities are accepted and welcomed. Oh, I'm fully freaking out. I just experimented with an unfamiliar acronym in public. BRB, what does it even mean? Be right back. It is the same number of syllables as the acronym. What's the point? So since we're on the topic of Holt, we discussed that he is a homosexual male. In season five, Rosa comes out as bisexual. What do you think is the significance of that storyline for the viewers? I have to tell you, I am still processing that. It was such a powerful episode for me to watch because... A high, high percentage of TV and movie characters that we see tend to be stereotypical, like cisgender, straight, Caucasian. And to see a Latina woman who identifies as bisexual was incredible. We do see a higher amount of lesbian and gay characters, but there are not many bisexual characters. And I think that both in the straight community and sometimes even in the LGBT community, although I guess less frequently in the LGBT community, bisexual individuals experience prejudice in terms of they might be forced to pick a side, so to say, and some individuals don't believe that bisexuality exists. So your mother and I talked about what you told us last night. We don't need to talk about that right now. We want you to know we're not upset. Great, I'm not upset either. Because no matter what you call yourself, you still like men, so you can still get married and have a child. You can do those things with either a man or a woman. Yes, but it will be a man, because this is just a phase. Mom, Dad, I know you don't want to talk about this, but I do. I might get married to a man, like you so clearly want, and I might not, because this is not a phase, and I need you to understand that. I'm bisexual. There's no such thing as being bisexual. Yes, there is. I know there is, because that's who I am. I'm attracted to both men and women. I've known this about myself for a really long time, and I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid you were going to react exactly like you are. What do you want us to say? That you accept me for who I am. So I've heard people say things like, you're either gay or you're straight, and if you're a man dating a man, then you're just gay, and if you're a woman dating a woman, then you're just a lesbian, but that's not true. And the truth is, I'm bisexual. And um, I know you know this, and Mm -hmm. I think that there may be three other people that know this until now. This is kind of me coming out because the truth is my parents don't know, and most people don't know, and I am so incredibly grateful for this episode and to you for being Mm -hmm. so supportive and accepting of me and seeing Rosa's character come out despite her parents initially not accepting her and seeing Jake being so supportive and seeing all of her friends at the precinct support her and that gave me the courage to come out as well and seeing Rosa's friends engage in game night with her when her own family was 
unwilling to spend time with her allowed me to see how incredibly blessed I am to have supportive and accepting individuals in my life who have become my new family, my chosen family. Even if sometimes other people in our lives might have a difficult time accepting us. What are you doing here? I wanted to say I'm sorry. I reacted poorly last night. This is all new to me. I know. But it's also not new, you know. I'm still the same person I always was. But I don't feel I know that person. Dad. My fault, not yours. I want you to be able to tell me everything. I can't promise you I'll understand. But I'm trying. I want you to know that I accept you for who you are. And I love you very, very much. I love you too. Honey, that was very brave of you. And I mean, that was something that even Rosa would probably give you a big hug. And you're loved. <laughs> I love you. I don't even know how to ask another question after that. Um, so, I, I mean, this is hard after you just came out on our podcast here. But if you can talk to anyone from the show, who would it be and why? <laughs> Um, Character-wise, of course, I would want to talk to Rosa and just give her the biggest hug and have game night with her (laughs) and tell her that she's my hero and that she gave me the strength that I needed to accept myself. And actor-wise, I would want to talk to Terry Crews because of his courage to talk about his history of sexual assault during the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that might not be familiar, Terry Crews um, very courageously opened up about, I believe it was an agent that violated him, that groped him and made him feel as if this agent had power over him and as if Terry had no right to object. Mm-hmm. And I am so inspired and so grateful to Terry Crews for coming out because I think the Me Too movement was extremely empowering for women, but it was also empowering for men and gender-neutral individuals who might otherwise have less of a voice to talk about their own history of sexual assault and harassment, and nobody should ever feel that way. So character-wise, it would be Rosa, but I think actor-wise, I would want to shake Terry Crews' hand, and hopefully he won't crush it. (laughs) (laughs) He's a big, strong dude. Um, But I would want to thank him for for his courage, and to be honest, I would love to meet the creators of the show. Um, It'd be awesome if we could have any of them on our podcast. Um, I just really sincerely want to thank the creators and writers of the show for putting together such an empowering um, such an empowering TV show that is helping so many people and I have to tell you the reason why I started watching it in the first place about a month ago <laughs> we, we finished all five seasons in a month is because so many of my patients have been speaking so highly of it and recommending it and I can see why the show has been monumental to many of my patients and to people all around the US and uh, I'm sure people in other countries as well and I think it touches on many very important very relevant psychological topics that we need to talk about and need to keep talking about yes 
I'm a little emotionally drained. I'm sure that Dr. Scarlet is as well. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And you can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or under Superhero Therapy on any other social media platform. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast either on iTunes or on any podcast app of your choice. We also want you to know that we have moved from Assembly of Geeks to the Geek Therapy Network. Um, so this will be our first podcast with our new network. So please look us up on geektherapy.com or at superhero-therapy.com and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening in. Take care.